Section 26 of The Pig Brother and Other Fables and Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rich Brown, St. Paul, Minnesota. The Pig Brother and Other Fables and Stories by Laura E. Richards. The Useful Coal. There once was a king whose name was Sligo. He was noted both for his riches and his kind heart. One evening, as he sat by his fireside, a coal fell out on the hearth. The king took up the tongs, intending to put it back on the fire, but the coal said, "'If you will spare my life and do as I tell you, I will save your treasure three times, and tell you the name of the thief who steals it.' These words gave the king great joy, for much treasure had been stolen from him of late, and none of his officers could discover the culprit. So he set the coal on the table, and said, "'Pretty little black and red bird, tell me, what shall I do?' "'Put me in your waistcoat pocket,' said the coal, "'and take no more thought for to-night.' Accordingly, the king put the coal in his pocket, and then, as he sat before the warm fire, he grew drowsy, and presently fell fast asleep. When he had been asleep for some time, the door opened very softly, and the high cellarer peeped cautiously in. This was one of the king's officers, who had been most eager in searching for the thief. Now he crept softly, softly toward the king, and seeing that he was fast asleep, put his hand into his waistcoat pocket, for in that waistcoat pocket King Sligo kept the key to his treasure chamber, and the high cellarer was the thief. He put his hand into the waistcoat pocket, the coal burned it so frightfully that he gave a loud shriek, and then fell on his knees on the hearth. "'What is the matter?' cried the king, waking with a start. "'Alas, your majesty,' said the high cellarer, thrusting his burnt fingers into his bosom, that the king might not see them. "'You were just on the point of falling forward into the fire, and I cried out, partly from fright and partly to waken you.' The king thanked the high cellarer, and gave him a ruby ring as a reward. But when he was in his chamber and making ready for bed, the coal said to him, "'Once already I have saved your treasure, and to-night I shall save it again. Only put me on the table beside your bed, and you may sleep with a quiet heart.' So the king put the coal on the table, and himself into the bed, and was soon sound asleep. At midnight the door of the chamber was opened very softly, and the high cellarer peeped in again. He knew that at night King Sligo kept the key under his pillow, and he was coming to get it. He crept softly, softly toward the bed, but as he drew near it, the coal cried out, One eye sleeps, but the other eye wakes. One eye sleeps, but the other eye wakes. Who is this comes creeping while honest men are sleeping? The high cellarer looked about him in a fright, and saw the coal burning fiery red in the darkness and looking for all the world like a great flaming eye. In an agony of fear he fled from the chamber, crying, Black and red, black and red, the king has a devil to guard his bed. And he spent the rest of the night shivering in the farthest garret he could find. The next morning the coal said to the king, Again this night I have saved your treasure, and may hap your life as well. Yet a third time I shall do it, and this time you shall learn the name of the thief. But if I do this, you must promise me one thing, 
and that is that you will place me in your royal crown and wear me as a jewel. Will you do this? That I will, right gladly, replied King Sligo, for a jewel indeed you are. That is well, said the coal. It is true that I am dying, but no matter. It is a fine thing to be a jewel in a king's crown, even if one is dead. Now listen, and follow my directions closely. As soon as I am quite black and dead, which will be in about ten minutes from now, you must take me in your hand and rub me all over and round the handle of the door of the treasure chamber. A good part of me will be rubbed off, but there will be enough left to put in your crown. When you have thoroughly rubbed the door, lay the key of the treasure chamber on your table, as if you had left it there by mistake. You may then go hunting or riding, but not for more than an hour. And when you return, you must instantly call all your court together, as if on business of the greatest importance. Invent some excuse for asking them to raise their hands, and then arrest the man whose hands are black. Do you understand? I do, replied King Sligo fervently. I do, and my warmest thanks, good Cole, are due to you for this but here he stopped, for already the coal was quite black, and in less than ten minutes it was dead and cold. Then the king took it and rubbed it carefully over the door of the treasure chamber, and laying the key of the door in plain sight on his dressing table, he called his huntsmen together, and, mounting his horse, rode away into the forest. As soon as he was gone, the high cellarer, who had pleaded a headache when asked to join the hunt, crept softly into the king's room, and to his surprise found the key on the table. Full of joy, he sought the treasure chamber at once, and began filling his pockets with gold and jewels which he carried to his own apartment, returning greedily for more. In this way he opened and closed the door many times. Suddenly, as he was stooping over a silver barrel containing sapphires, he heard the sound of a trumpet blown once, twice, thrice. The wicked thief started for this was the signal for the entire court to appear instantly before the king, and the penalty for disobedience was death. Hastily cramming a handful of sapphires into his pocket, he stumbled to the door, which he closed and locked, putting the key also in his pocket, for there was no time to return it. He flew to the presence chamber, where the lords of the kingdom were hastily assembling. The king was seated on his throne, still in his hunting dress, though he had put his crown over his hat, which presented a peculiar appearance. It was with a majestic air, however, that he rose and said, "'Nobles and gentlemen of my court, I have called you together to pray for the soul of my lamented grandmother, who died, as you may remember, several years ago. In token of respect, I desire you all to raise your hands to heaven.' The astonished courtiers, one and all, lifted their hands high in the air, the king looked, and behold, the hands of the high cellarer were as black as soot. The king caused him to be arrested and searched, and the sapphires in his pocket, besides the key to the treasure chamber, gave ample proof of his guilt. His head was removed at once, and the king had the useful coal, set in sapphires, placed in the very front of his crown, where it was much admired and praised as a black diamond. End of The Useful Coal